Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. This is a show about stock market investing, for those of you who are new. <laughs> I'm Brett Rosenthal. We're going to talk about the Armor Investing Way, the three-stage process. We build our whiteboard of fundamental investment ideas. We use algorithms proprietary here at the Armor Report to um, uh, uh, know when to add risk and when to take risk off. And then we use stop losses to protect ourselves from ourselves. That's our approach here. So as we do every um, uh, weekend, I walk you through what our process was last week, how we're building portfolios, what we're thinking about for next week. We're going to break it down into segments. We're going to talk about the indexes first. We have algorithms designed for each segment of this process of investing. Big index algos, group ETF algos, and then single stock algorithms all the way down to day trading algorithms. Okay, so. We, we use algos to execute, and we use, you know, human <laughs> algos to determine where we want to put capital, okay? So don't forget, this is how I run my own personal capital. I'm not telling you how to invest. I don't know you. I can't possibly tell you what to do. And I don't know your risk tolerance, what your goals are. But what I can do is share with you um, the process of how I manage capital, how I've done it for over 30 years, and hopefully over time it improves your own um, success and helps you build net worth. That's the idea here. So without further ado, the usual, you know, go ahead, subscribe if you want, right down here. Uh, those of you who want to be part of the free Armor email alerts, okay, they're free email alerts. I don't do them every morning, but I do, you know, most mornings during the week, let you know what we're, uh, how we're positioned going into the trading session. You can, um, Go ahead and send me an email right there to the Armor Report, info at armorreport.com, and I can put you on that list if you wish. So let's dive in um, to a quick discussion of markets, starting with, from an Armor standpoint, what we do is we have at the Armor Report what we call the risk monitor. It monitors the algorithms of the top eight indexes that we use to determine um, big picture risk on risk off decisions for our portfolios that risk monitor come Monday morning I'll update it and you'll see that it's gone from yellow to green so we have three colors to make it simple to understand what all the algorithmic information is telling us obviously red means risk off yellow means you know middle of the road we're adding risk but we're you know we're managing risk at the same time and then risk on green is a signal telling us we want to be as aggressively long as we can at this juncture, whatever that means for you. Some people aggressively long means 25% cash, 75% invested. So if that's your max, then that's what the risk on monitor is saying right now. Right? So I'm not telling you what your max is. I don't know you. Right? You've got to figure that out yourself. But what I am saying is looking at our algorithms, we have another risk on green signal. For those of you who are new, that signal lasts for five trading sessions. So over the next five days, which is next week, we will be putting to work whatever cash we have left. Now, as it turns out, there are some years where we will be strict to these eight algos. 
and carry lots of cash until we get risk on green, then put all the money to work the following week. But this year has been a year of a grinding higher mechanical bull market. And so what I've been sharing with Armor Insiders is the, the, the need to start putting cash to work before we get the risk on green signal so we can already be in position when that happens. And so last week, we were putting really all of our cash to work. So going into next week, it's not so much that we're going to be buying a lot of things. We're already long 100% of the portfolio. What we will be doing is maybe tweaking the beta of the portfolio, reducing some of the lower beta names, increasing higher. I'll show you that in a minute. But for the um, um, – just to, let's, let's take a look now at the indexes, all right? I'll show you what we're talking about of why we're risk on green now. Um, and then we'll go over some of the things we did in the portfolio in advance of this action. So let's go take a look. Um, we'll take this down and we'll go here. Oh, you know what I want to do before we jump into that? I want to share with you a chart pattern. This is so important. It really spoke volumes to me. Um, it was a chart pattern highlighted by Spot Gamma on Friday. And, you know, last couple of weeks I've been talking about the markets climbing my wall of worry. You know, there's so many things out there I don't like. The number one thing I haven't liked is that the secondary indexes that the Armour Report follows were all negative, right? So what happened this week is they all flipped positive. So that makes my wall of worry a lot shorter. Okay, I'm willing to be more aggressive when the small cap index and all these things go risk on positive. I'll show you that in a second. But this was really interesting. I'm going to walk you through it. So um, this is the Armour website. Every morning, you can, you know, if you're an insider, you click on that button. It's going to take you into the Armour report. And every morning I write what I call the captain's log. All right, so we drill down into this. I'm going to show you um, this chart that I shared from, um, from uh, Spot Gamma. Okay. This is really interesting to me. So one of the biggest issues, one of the things I hear the most from uh, market participants and, and investors alike is that this market's grinding higher without a 5% correction in the S&P. When's that going to happen? When's it going to happen? It has to happen. And I can't keep doing this. It's got to come down. Okay? And what they posted, Spot Gamma, look at this chart. This is really interesting. The, it's, it's been 10 months since the S&P has gone up without a 5% pullback. And yet back here from 2016 to 2018, it went 20 months, 20 months without a 5% pullback. So you hear me talk about this as a mechanical bull market. And if you ever wanted a picture that's worth a thousand words explaining what a mechanical bull market is, it's this picture. It's a controlled market where the S&P doesn't go down more than 5%, not 10 months, which is what we're in now, but 20 months. So to simply say, I can't put money to work because it's been too long since the market's gone down is not an investing decision. I just wanted to put that on the table. That's not a reason to invest or not invest because there hasn't been a sell-off. So to wrap up this uh, um, thought, I just wanted to share with you, because I've been really trepidatious 
the last couple of weeks. And truth be told, my performance last year, my own personal portfolio was just blew away the indexes. And this year, I'm underperforming. And I'm underperforming. I'm not making some money, but not nearly the money I should be making because I follow stop losses. And I don't mind doing that. Okay, there are years where I'm going to dramatically outperform. Other years where I'm, if the market's grinding and I'm fighting to find my way. The reason stock losses are so important, I've been investing in precious metals. I've been investing in cannabis stocks. I've been investing in innovative growth stocks. Those stocks have had, those groups have had massive sell-offs this year. Okay, so if you're just buying the S&P and it grinds higher all year, you don't need, you don't, you don't need to... <laughs> You don't need stop losses. You can own Facebook, Apple, Microsoft, and go play golf, right? Some years are like that, all right? Underneath the market, there's been mass destruction. So it requires protection. You're only as good as your whiteboard. And my particular whiteboard this year, stocks that I love investing in, have struggled for most of the year. It doesn't mean they're not going to have a huge fourth quarter, and we're going to have a huge alpha creation in the next couple of months. I don't know. Let's go look at at the, at the indexes to see what we're, um, why we're starting to put money to work. So here's the S&P. I say starting. Why, we, why we're maxed out. We have all of our capital to work already. So the S&P is breaking out to all-time new highs. And you can see here it is. Lots of little tests of the 50 and uh, never a real sell-off. And the most recent sell-off didn't even get to the 50, which is the black line. All right? So it's getting more aggressive. What's most important to me is the small cap index. Okay? Small cap index is the barometer of cannabis stocks, biotech stocks, you know, all kinds of innovative growth stocks. You can watch the small cap index. If it's faltering, suffering, underperforming, those types of groups are getting destroyed. Okay? So I'm waiting to see will we get a risk on entry point? And we do right here, right? So risk on entry into the small caps at the end of the week. And it's really a strong weekly signal. Let's go look at the weekly chart, okay? Double bottom, weekly close, top of the range. Okay, this looks like a double top that was breaking down, and now it's been arrested. That's a weekly chart. Now we go to the daily chart, and what's happening here is a breakout above the 50-day moving average, okay? So we have the algos telling us it's time to get long small caps. We're also starting to get long. The ARC innovators, because innovators and small caps go together. You can see the double bottom at the 200-day moving average, and it's a little behind small caps here, but I think there's huge upside in these names between now and the end of the year. And you may as well look at ARKF, another one of our favorites. This is the financial tech, FinTech, right? And ARKG, these are, you know, um, genomic revolution stocks. Double bottoms at 200 days with the small cap, which is the leader, telling us there's risk on entry point. When these things turn on, guys, they turn on huge. They go through the roof. And you could create some ridiculous alpha in a three-month window. There are many years, I look back over 30-plus years of doing this, just many years where you can be blocking and tackling for, for nine months, and you hit a three-month window and make your nut. So you've just got to keep focusing. You've got to keep executing your strategy. Don't, don't let the market or the noise around you pull you away from what you're doing. Keep executing. And then you'll hit that vein 
okay? And you'll start to get movement. So also I think it's interesting that the value stocks are starting to come on, all right? So value is doing the same thing as small caps, double bottom right at the 50-day, giving a risk on entry point. Now, I feel it's always important at this moment to share with you, just because the armor algos go risk on green, doesn't mean the market has to go up from here, right? I think we're all, um, I hope we're all adults here in the room when we understand that there's no crystal ball. It's not 100%, right? The algorithms are about increasing the probability of success and putting capital to work when rewards worth the risk. That's what we're doing at the Armour Report. We use stop losses to protect ourselves. Hey, man, we could come in Monday, something happens over the weekend, I don't know, and all of these indexes implode and have an unbelievable meeting bar reversal. Well, if that happens, I'll go back to cash and protect capital again, because that's what I do. I always err on the side of protecting my capital first, capturing upside second. The upside will be there. What you don't want to do is watch your net worth implode because you're forcing your will on the market. The amount of effort it takes to come back from that is so daunting and takes so long. It's the number one thing you have to avoid. You know, when, when, when your portfolio drops 50%, it has to go up 100% just to break even. Think about that, right? So what you want to do first is protect your capital. And then when windows open, you grab the upside, okay? Anyway, so to wrap up this segment on indexes, the indexes are telling us it's time to be max aggressive, whatever that means for you. So now let's go look at what we did last week. I'll go through a couple of charts with you. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we started buying the insurance companies, starting with uh, Chubb, okay? We bought Chubb right in here. As you can see, it's just walked straight up. So last week, we added a couple more. We like to lean into what's working. CNA Financial. These are two really great-looking cup and handles to us right here. There's the handle. It hasn't even broken out yet on CNA. It hasn't even gotten above the 50 yet. So double bottom at the 200-day. I like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So strength is the uptrend, weakness, double bottoms. Pick it off. We know right where the stop is below here. That's what we're doing there. Now, don't forget, we also added shares of HIG, okay? Another cup and handle. And don't forget, see this big spike here? That big spike there is, um, whoops, not what I wanted to do. There you go. That big spike right here, okay, is um, a bid, an unsolicited takeover bid that came in from Chubb. Okay, that spiked the stock up. And the reason why I like this idea to add to my insurance on my portfolio is that Chubb already did the homework for me. They've already gone through the financials. They're going to make an unsolicited bid for this company. They love what they see. So if I want to own insurance, it's a no-brainer to own Hartford. Okay, so there's another idea. Now, you want to know why I'm adding this to the portfolio because it kind of balances out our, um, um, our utility side of our portfolio. Okay, so we're building our utility. We bought it built utilities down here. We just don't know, guys, what direction. We really don't know what direction the Fed's going, when they taper, when they don't taper. And so I have a bit of a barbell in the portfolio. We've got financials really through insurance, and which, by the way, in an inflationary environment, insurance companies do, do really, really well, um, fundamentally, right? And then we've got our utilities over here. So they kind of balance each other out. And at the moment, we're making money on both which is 
a bizarre mechanical bull market. You don't normally make money on stocks that do well when interest rates go down and stocks that do well when interest rates go up. All right. So there's another uh, example of a mechanical bull market. All right. We also added last week, and I just want to, um, for those of you who know me, I've been searching for the entry point that works for the Armour Report, you know, going all the way back to here on DraftKings, right? I missed a couple of swing trades, but I haven't missed the monster move yet, okay? This thing has consolidated this whole period here. Double bottom at the key support line, bottoming wedge, Armour Insiders, we were on this right here before it blew out, right there. We were buying DraftKings, the thing blew out. And of course, if you own DraftKings, it was like taking candy away from a little baby, the big candy bowl in front of them, when we bought shares of Penn National Gaming right here, right? So we already saw DraftKings pop, and the very next day we bought shares of Penn, and then Penn took off. So there's a perfect, I mean, that's just so simple. I mean, Penn and DraftKings always go together, all right? My eye, and I haven't done this yet, but I'd like to add, Shares of MGM to the list. It's just, it took off without me. I haven't added that yet. So it's on my whiteboard. Whiteboard alert, whiteboard alert. All right, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper. I'm going to share with you. These are the names we bought already. And then there's some names that are at the top of the whiteboard that we'd like to own if we get opportunities. Okay, MGM is one of those names. Okay, these are for investment purposes. Now, um, so those are some of the, the moves we made last week. Let's go over a couple more names with you. I like uh, PLTR. I'm in love with that chart pattern. Okay, earnings announcement was solid. Stock gapped up above all the key moving averages. All right? So we added shares of PLTR in this, what looks like a pennant formation. Right? If it can get above this pennant here, um, we, could get, we could see some juice. What's interesting here on PLTR those of you who use spot gamma or look at gamma information, there's a large gamma strike at 25, okay, which was down here, right, right in here, right where it opened. And so um, for spot gamma users, it's interesting. If you, if, if, at the end of each week, there's always um, options that expire. And you can, most importantly, it's the, um, the third Friday of every week and then the last Friday. Um, excuse me, the third Friday of every month and the last Friday of the month are the two most important strikes to watch. You could see when a lot of gamma is going off the board. I think something like 38% of the gamma for PLTR at 25 is going off the board yesterday, right? So in the morning, Friday, sometimes you'll see those names pop, but more importantly, the following Monday, they take off because there's no longer a pin of gamma at 25 and so I'm waiting, if you look at this chart pattern, you say, well, it's been making this pennant right in here, kind of pinned to the 25 level, and then we see gamma go away, 38% of it, and hopefully we come in on Monday, and the gamma's rolled higher. And if it has, we know we got a fish on the line in PLTR. So we're going to watch that closely come Monday. It could be a good day trade along with this uh, long position. Then... Um, Wanted to just share with you a couple thoughts on uh, crypto, right? For those of you who are new here, I'm not a, a huge fan of crypto, um, but I thoroughly recognize blockchain is important. I thoroughly recognize that cryptocurrencies are becoming uh, a major, you know, uh, focus. Um, I don't really have an interest in trying to chase the flavor of the month. What I like to do as an investor is find companies that touch every transaction 
and get paid on them and care not what coin turns out to be the best. I want the companies that are getting paid on crypto business, not companies that mine one particular cryptocurrency, okay? Because it's debatable, and even if you want to tell me I'm crazy or whatever, that's fine. Um, it's debatable that any one cryptocurrency turns out to be the number one idea and you know, nothing else works. That's a debatable argument. Doge, Ether, you know, Bitcoin, whatever, okay? But what's not debatable, I think we can all agree, right, is that the crypto ecosystem is growing. More and more transactions are occurring. And the companies that will have longevity are the guys that get paid on every transaction. So these are the stocks that we own in our portfolio. Okay? I love Silvergate. Okay, I'm not going to go through the fundamentals with you right now, but Silvergate coin, Coinbase, obviously, it touches every transaction, right? Silvergate. Okay, and here's a little sleeper not many people talk about. Signature Bank. Signature Bank and Silvergate are banks that, that help institutions with crypto transactions and business. So it's a very interesting idea. They have 30 branches in New York, and I think Silvergate is primarily in, in California. Interesting ideas um, and ways to play crypto without, um, um, without worrying about picking the right cryptocurrency. Also, um, in, in, a, in a strange way, I think I saw a story that DraftKings is going to start trading uh, non-fungible tokens. So the whole rise of NFTs is going to be interesting to watch. And again, I'm going to want the guy who gets paid on the transactions. Okay, I see one of you just asked me a question about Overstock. And of course, that's what Overstock is all about. I don't own Overstock. I can't. Every time I do the research on this company, I just can't get myself to buy the stock. And the exception of this run here, I'm not wrong about that. It's just uh, they, they kind of need to, I don't know, separate their, their overstock business. Uh, I just can't get my arms around this, and I'm, I'm never going to own the stock. So uh, I'm going to look elsewhere. The three places I like to go, SBMY, Coinbase, and SI. Okay? So um, those are stocks that are in the portfolio. Now let's go over um, – A couple of names that are on our whiteboard, if you'd like to do that. And then what I'll do is I'll jump right into a discussion on cryptocurrency, um, excuse me, on cannabis and precious metals, and then I'll get to your questions and answers, okay? I'm trying to keep this to half an hour, and then we can go on into Q&A. So um, let me just show you a couple more names on the whiteboard for you to jot down and do your own homework on that uh, we'll be focusing on um, next week. Okay, interactive brokers. I don't know what's going on there, but I love that chart pattern. I'm going to have to do some work on it. Okay, Twitter. I continue to wait for this reverse cup and handle, I mean, excuse me, head and shoulders to set up an entry point. I think Twitter can go a lot higher. And I think Snap, after that gap up in earnings, is making a pattern that will give me an entry point. I don't own it yet. Right? It gapped up, and it's making a whole other pattern. But probably Snap and Twitter – you know, and all you have to do is look at Facebook to see what I'm talking about. This thing is just walking up. 
Okay, and I think Snap and Twitter are probably going to follow. I also like Etsy a lot. Okay, the stock gapped down on the earnings announcement. People didn't like it. The stock immediately recovered. This is another gamma situation that was pinned to this level right here. You can see this dashed line. Okay, this was the um, 210 area. Okay, so it literally flatlined at 210. But a lot of gamma goes off the board on Fridays, which means Monday it should be released to go up towards the top open interest, which is around 230. And so the key is to come in on Monday, check to see what the new gamma key is. Hopefully it'll roll above 210, up to 215, 220, closer to the 230 level, letting us know that this tenant breakout is for real and that stock can be owned. All right? So those are just a couple ideas for you to do some research on, see if they fit your, 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 um, your style. Now let's talk real quick about um, cannabis, okay? Whoops. I always like to look at MSOS as my way to look at all the U.S. cannabis names. Right, that chart looks god-awful. And this is what I'm talking about when it comes to stop losses. You can't be married to a group. The S&P is going like this, and cannabis stocks are imploding. And yet, if you want to talk fundamentals, you can't find better fundamentals than what's going on in the cannabis space. The U.S. cannabis space fundamentals are unreal, and the value gets more and more and more and more valuable. So investing in value stocks is a pointless endeavor unless others around you begin to see the same value you do. You know, write that down and put it above your desk if you're a value investor. You don't just buy value because you think it's value. If nobody else thinks it's value, what difference does it make? And the problem with U.S. cannabis names is that there's no institutional support. We need banking law reform. We need tax law reform. Forget about federal legalization. If we just get banking and tax reform, these stocks will go through the roof. We don't even need federal legalization. Okay? The banking laws keep companies like Merrill Lynch, Bank of New York, um, Pershing won't even clear these trades. And there's other names I can't remember right now. A bunch of brokerage firms won't let you buy U.S. cannabis stocks. So you're saying to me, I know this, Brett. Why are you pounding this away? We already talk about this every weekend. Okay. Well, because what will get this group going is small caps that start to go up. Because the guys that primarily buy small caps are retail investors. And if they start making money in their small cap portfolio, they'll start buying cannabis stocks again. That's my opinion. It's been true for the last three years, and it's helped me make money in cannabis stocks and avoid the collapses. Those of you who have been following me for three years know what I'm talking about. We've made a killing in cannabis stocks, and we've avoided the collapses. And we're going to do it again. There's going to be another setup with unreal valuations, and we're going to step in as everybody else begins to agree that the valuations are unreal. Okay? So I'm watching this uh, MSOS, it's not time. There's no reason. Lower lows, lower high, nothing to do here. Okay? But when I see this happen, if small caps blow out next week and take out the highs, you better believe I'm going to be watching MSOS 
and MJ closely, closely, probably I'll start day trading first the Canadian stocks, okay? The first place we're going to make money in cannabis are the Canadian stocks. Don't tell me about the fundamentals. I don't care about that, okay? It doesn't matter that the U.S. fundamentals are better. I totally agree they're better. But here's the thing. Everybody can buy Telray. Everybody can buy Canopy Growth. Everybody can buy Kronos. There's no restrictions. They operate in Canada. So when people start getting interested in cannabis stocks, the first place they go with no restrictions, institutions even come in. They start buying the Canadian cannabis place, right? So that's where we go first. We day trade them if we start to see the right gamma information come through. It'll come right from gamma. Call buying will start. Then we'll start picking up some great day trades and we'll know the cannabis theme is waking up again. And that's when we'll start putting these investments into portfolios, okay? But for right now, I've just got my eye on these things. I mean, Telray, CGC, they're just, they're not really set. I mean, CGC looks terrible, right? Um, Village Farms, maybe a double bottom setting up there. My old favorite, OGI, you know, holding on really well, really well compared to its big cap brethren, right? But here's something fun. The Armour Report is making a lot of money <laughs> in Altria. This is my biggest dividend position in my portfolio. We bought it right here, this bar right there. A 7.3% yield with its hands in the cannabis space. So it's starting to break out, and that yield to me is just, I just, I got to own it. I got to have that yield. So. That's what I own right now in the space. And I consider that cannabis because they have their, you know, their hands all over, you know, um, canopy growth. Okay. Um, last piece to the puzzle. We bought shares of Sprott Physical Gold last week. I wanted to show you this. I'm not going to go over all uh, – we could talk about it in the Q&A, but um, – Another group I love to trade are the precious metal stocks. You guys know this. So they're not a group. There's two things you have to know with precious metals. Number one, they're trading vehicles. They're swing trading vehicles, okay? They're, they're, they're not long-term investment vehicles. They might be at some point, right? At some point, they might just go up and never hit our stops, and, 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 and the world will decide to the, the, the devalued U.S. dollar is worthless and everyone should own gold. I get it. I get it, right? Um, here's why I'm always in this space. Somewhere out there, there's this massive, you know, um, manipulation of metals that goes away and metals get to rise to the value that they should rise to without the ma manipulation. That's the hope and the dream of every precious metals investor, okay? But I deal in reality and I deal in my net worth. And I deal in protecting my capital, right? So what I do is pick these positions off. There's two things you have to do to make money in precious metal stocks. Number one, you have to buy them when they're down and nobody's talking about them on CNBC. Okay. Number two, you've got to use stop losses and not get carried away when everybody's talking about them on CNBC and they're reaching new highs and everybody's screaming that the dollar is going to collapse and, and, and everyone's going to start carrying around, you know, bags of coins. Okay. That's when you start selling. That's when you raise your stops. 
and you book your profits. Okay? So right now, looking at this chart of gold, we're right at the bottom of a huge Andrews fork that goes all the way back to the original breakout after um, the uh, – oh, right here, actually. Actually, the original breakout's here. Okay? That's when we started making money in gold, right? Then we had this collapse of the pandemic, and we, the first thing we did here at the Armour Report is load up on gold in that green box there and all kinds of gold stocks. It had a huge run, okay? Now it's been a huge, from the top of the Andrews Fork all the way down here, broke down out of the fork on a gap down, reversal gap up. So now what we have is an island reversal right at the bottom of this pattern, okay? And a close, look at this, let's, let's, let's keep, okay? The close on Friday took the price of gold above all the moving averages at once. So if there's any follow-through next week that takes us out above these highs, I'm saying to you it's game on for precious metals. Now, I don't know. The whole thing could reverse and implode. Like I said, we'll have stop losses. We'll be out. But we picked off uh, Sprott Physical Gold right in here, okay? And it had a huge day on Friday. And so what we did on Friday is add to our exposure by owning GDX. Now, you could go out there and buy any gold stock you want. I'm not arguing one way or the other. I'm just telling you from a technical point of view using armor algorithms, the only asset that really sets up for me is GDX right now. If I start making money in GDX and I keep making money in Sprott Physical Gold, I could always find individual stocks that I want to put some money in. But for right now, I want the safety of the ETF Right? So I don't have single stock risk, and I have lots of liquidity. And the armor algo is telling us to get long right here on this up bar. Right? And the stop, obviously, is a new low. And actually, the low of this bar should be the stop, the low of the bar we're buying. Either this thing is going to skyrocket, and we'll have a double bottom in place at the key location, or it breaks down from here, and it's over. And I, I'll, I'll step out again. All right, so those are my thoughts for this weekend. I hope uh, you find them helpful. I, I hope that you take what I'm saying and do your own homework, right? You've had a pen. You've had a piece of paper. You've written down things on the whiteboard. Now you go do your own research today, tomorrow, and you're ready to rock and roll on Monday. All right, let's go to your questions. Um, what do we got here? Oh, it's on. <laughs> okay. Um, Saber, how are you? Um, nice to see you, Saber. Can you please express your opinion? Okay, CVS. Um, not a bad-looking chart. And you know this is, this is on the whiteboard. Sabre is an armor insider, so he's aware of that, okay? You know it's on the whiteboard. I'm glad you brought it up. And this is my, one of my favorite parts of the Saturday meeting with you guys. I say that we're an armor, uh, excuse me, an army of analysts. I say that we're an army of analysts. And this is what I really mean by that, okay? The Armour Report is more powerful because we're all sharing ideas in the Slack room, keeping our, ourselves focused. There's just so many names I can look at, right? I just I get pulled this way and that way, and I lose my way sometimes. And I love the fact when Armour analysts remind me of an idea on the whiteboard they've got to focus on. Let me show you what happened on a couple of days ago. Um, during the trading day, on our trading uh, desk, Armour Insiders sharing ideas in the Slack room. One of our longtime Armour Insiders just put the mention, just mentioned it into the Slack room. Hey, Brett, 
what do you think about Deeros? Don't forget it. Okay, because I, I said right here as Deer was breaking out, how do I not own Deer? And it had this huge run, bang, bang, bang. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm missing Deer. I can't believe it. But I love the Deer story, right? They're automating the farm. They're automating farm equipment, right? There's going to be a world we live in in a not-too-distant future where farmers don't sit on a tractor, okay, uh, because it's all automated. And so it, there's a whole revolution going on, and, you know, it, Maybe not as big as the Industrial Revolution, but it's not the cotton gin or anything. But it definitely leads to a whole, you know, new um, um, sales cycle for deer, which should drive growth in the company. So I thought I missed it. It imploded on earnings because a lot of stocks, even though they have blowout earnings, get sold on the news. So, so our insider said, hey, what do you, don't forget about deer. What do you think? We threw it up on the charts. We looked at the Armour Algo for individual stocks. We said, a no-brainer. This is the entry point right here. And we caught deer as it broke out, okay? And I think deer goes a lot higher. So I love the fact that you're bringing up um, CVS because I love that chart, and that is exactly where it should be bought. So I'm going to be writing this down myself, CVS. I got my pen. I got my piece of paper. And it helps me remember uh, important parts of this conversation because that chart is a perfect setup, right? There's your breakout. There's your pullback. There's your first um, um, correction to the 50-day moving average, and the right 50-day right moving average is, is where it's trading now. So I love buying things that are tight to the stop, which is the 50-day. So I'll be looking at that on Monday, looking at the algo to see if it's um, giving us a risk on entry point, and if it is, that could be a great addition. All right, what do you else do you got for us? Uh, TD. Nothing to do there for me. Going to keep going. We're looking at charts right now. If I have an opinion fundamentally, I'll let you know. Royal Bank of Canada. Um, you, you could do financials if you want. My favorite financials, as you could see, we talked about earlier, are insurance companies and then SBNY because I've, I've got a little kicker there of crypto. Um, so I'm not so interested in just doing a bank just for the sake of doing a bank. I need to see, as, as with anything on my whiteboard or anything in my portfolio, I like to um, invest in something that has um, um, something new about its business, particular to its business, that's going to drive growth, not just a group idea. I like the groups, but I need to see something important. Okay. So CCJ, we were talking about this all, all day on, uh, uh, on our live trading desk on Friday. Do I want to get long um, the, uh, uh, the uranium stocks? Let me just... You know, I don't want to take up too much time here to get to other questions, but let me just say that the uranium stocks look like they want to break out. And if you want to play them, go ahead. I don't like investing in companies who's, who, who have assets in Mongolia and Kazakhstan and, and all of these other places that, have, that, that compete with China on a massive scale. I just, I don't, I day trade those names. I don't invest in those names, okay? So that's my thought on uranium. They look great, right? One of our favorites is DNN. That thing looks like it's about to break out again, right? And CCJ is, you know, would be my favorite because that's the, the biggest and the best name. If you go look at the ETFs of uranium, the biggest position is always CCJ. That's the institutional name. So that would be the place I would go if I were to buy one of these names. Um, but anyway, that's my, my thought for you. Do whatever you want. I, I just try to stay away from um, businesses who have properties in places like Kazakhstan. I can't begin to know what the heck's going on in that property. I can't even do. I can't even do due diligence. I don't know what's going on with the with the uranium mine 
in Mongolia. I just, how am I ever supposed to know how much is being stolen out the back door by the Chinese government? I forget it. I just can't do it. Caesar's Entertainment. I, I love it. Is to it. Nice to see you. Glad you joined us today. Um, Caesar's win. I don't care which one you want to own. I mean, that's not looking as good. Caesar's looks better. Like Las Vegas Sands coming off of the lows. MGM's my favorite there, right? So I don't need more than DraftKings, Penn, and MGM, but Caesars looks good, no doubt about it. Okay, o overstock, uh, we talked about it. I just can't do overstock. Um, thoughts on tree? Oh, the learning tree. Um, I don't have any thoughts on the learning tree. Okay, I don't know the fundamentals at all, so I can't begin to give you advice on that one. Uh, and that chart pattern, all I can say is that chart pattern doesn't work for me in any way, shape, or form. So unless you're telling me you've got some piece of, uh, of information that makes you really confident on um, tree, you know, um, th there's nothing for me to do there. What, learning, I meant lending tree, yeah. Nothing there for me. All right, moving on. Beaten down. I know it's beaten down, but there's no reason to buy a stock just because it's beaten down. I need to find um, what's going what's to turn the tide there in lending tree. So we look for something beaten down, but honestly, that what I like to see, uh, LD, I like to see weakness in the midst of strength. This is weakness on weakness. There's no strength at all. And that's what I don't like. Like, just to give you an example, this is an idea thrown out to us on Friday by an Armour Insider. Okay, this is one of my favorite patterns. So here's the cup and the handle breakout right here. Let me get rid of this so you can see what I'm talking about. See? There's the cup and handle breakout. So that's strength. That's a strong pattern. Here's the weakness in the pattern back to key support. And now we get top day strength. That's an ideal entry point for me. And then you go back to tree, and where, where's this is just one awful pattern with no strength whatsoever. And a new low, by the way. You want to see higher lows. And it's just not working. So um, can't, can't give you the go-ahead for me on that one. All right, what do we think of Nokia? Nokia, look, it's doing well, right? We've traded it a couple times in our portfolio. I don't own it right now, but the, the chart looks great, and the business is doing well, right? They keep signing more 5G business. So this is a good story. I, you know, um, I should probably put it back on my list to watch, and maybe every now and then there's a good gamma setup we can trade. Mining stocks. Well, Michael D., I hope I answered that question. I like the mining stocks. Um, but GDX is the way I'm going to go. I just, like, for instance, Newmont, you know, you could do Newmont down there, the double bottom, but I don't love, I don't love these patterns. Honestly, I think Wheaton Precious Metals is one of the best patterns. So if I was to do an individual name, it would be Wheaton, followed probably by Royal Gold, which are my two favorite royalty plays. Uh, I know it's fun to trade things like Hecla, you know, and Mag Silver. You know, which is make it a higher low. Mag looks really good there. That's a that's a good setup. Um, and SILJ is the small cap silver stocks. So if small caps are coming on, you you could probably make money in small cap mining stocks. But 
for the first step for me is it's to, it's to get money into the ETF of GDX and see if I can make some coin. Now, if this thing pops up here and I'm making money, it pulls back a little bit, we get a secondary entry point, then I might start buying individual names. Okay, but this, this whole group gets ugly so fast that I need liquidity and safety of a big ETF at this stage in the cycle, in my opinion. MU is uh, you know, always on our list um, of stocks we'd like to own. And uh, it just constantly disappoints, except for that perfect pennant breakout. Wow, that was great. Right, then it just is you know, giving it back a whole bunch of that. So I didn't mind the sell-off. Right? That was great. That was strength, and this is weakness in the midst of strength. But I like to see these things hold the 200-day, make double bottoms or higher lows right at key support. I don't like to see it crater below. So honestly, I don't know what's going on in this stock. The fundamentals should be good. I don't know why it looks that terrible. And um, um, Pure Storage is one of my favorite names. I did not capture that upside, okay? So I didn't buy it in front of the earnings news. The last couple of quarters, just the stock hasn't done well on earnings, so I wasn't going to buy in front of it. But I'm showing it to you because when they're doing real well, it usually is a, a bonus. It usually is positive for the DRAM space, okay? So do some homework on pure storage. We might get an opportunity to add to this when it builds a, add this if it builds the right uh, pattern. And it, it tells you what's going on in the storage space. So MU might be, um, it might come on here. It just, that pattern's terrible. Lower lows and lower highs and, and trap below the 200-day moving average. I just, this thing is going to have to pop out of here before I ever touch it and then make a consolidation at 80, and then I'll probably buy it at 80. Yeah, I love the Veer story, Daniel. Thanks for reminding me about that. I like the management team. The CEO comes from Biogen. You know, I traded it a couple times last week personally. Um, Love to find an entry point into, into that that I would hold. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, though. It trades by appointment, which I don't like. You know, it just, when it starts to go down, there's just no bids. That always freaks me out a bit. Teladoc. Yeah, right? How is Teladoc not a winner? Damn. Dennis, I want to do it, but let's just forget about the fundamentals for a minute. And just look at the technical chart pattern. Is that a pattern you have any interest in buying? I mean, seriously, just step away and don't talk to me about the fundamentals and the revolution and telehealth and all that stuff. And just look at the pattern. I mean, maybe it's making a double bottom, maybe. This was the earnings announcement. It was down 10% on earnings. Closed up at the end of the day. Came all the way back and tested and held. So that's, that's constructive. It's definitely on my list, but that looks like one massive top. I just, I don't know what's going on. Let's take a look at the weekly. Oh, geez. That just looks terrible. Unless that's a double bottom. I don't know. Let's put it on the list to watch. It's always on. It's on my whiteboard. I love the story fundamentally, but it just doesn't set up yet. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on all those names are, you know, Palo Alto had a huge, you know, quarter and the stock finally blew out. Right? And so the cybersecurity names are as good as ever. They look great. 
I've been shaken out. You know, so I'm out. I booked my profits. Not even shaken out. I just booked my profits on these things. Obviously, I did them too soon, and they're running. Um, and I'm not going to buy uh, Sentinel One. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, buy new issues that quickly. I usually wait for six months worth of data before I do that. But I do like PLTR, right? So I see the whole group breaking out, and this is the same type of a cybersec kind of name. And if I was to do it, I wanted to get into some shares of Bug, the ETF B, uh, BUG, which owns all of my favorite cybersecurity names. I don't have to pick and choose. But like I said, it blew out with, with the earnings, and it's up so many days in a row, I'm not chasing that. But if it were to consolidate on top of this level, I could see adding that to my portfolio. Uh, when I buy VIX, I'm buying um, um, VXX, and I don't buy VIX. I trade it, right? It's a day trading tool for me. I don't even hold it overnight. If I want protection overnight, I own puts on the indexes, okay? So, you know, back here where um, the market was, um, back in here where the market, whoops, during the sell-off right there, we uh, made money on the Armour Trading Desk owning puts on small caps, okay? And there was really no gain. There was no way to make any money on volatility. I was making money on puts on, on, on small caps, and I didn't really make – there was no money to make, you know, in, in any sizable way uh, in, um, in VIX. But I use VIX every now and then. I'll trade it. And, of course, you – VXY is, you know, one and a half times VIX if you want even more juice. And they both are very liquid. So, you know, I just, uh, honestly, I've had more success protecting myself. Instead of trying to trade these little wiggles, I've had more success protecting myself with um, uh, um, puts on indexes. Hey, Greg, I really appreciate that, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Greg, for that comment. I'm going to have to cut and paste that into uh, um, the comment section down below. Thanks a lot, brother. Spread the word, Greg. Spread the word. Grassroots, you know. I don't like to um, – I really don't like to market. I just This is about me managing my own capital, helping you guys, sharing what I've learned over 30 years of doing this, right? And if you want to give back, just share the link. You know, just tell people what we're doing here um, that you think are worthy of these conversations, right? All of us coming together, putting our heads together, finding ways to build net worth and protect net worth. That's what we're all about here. You guys got friends that appreciate those values? Send them our way. See if they want to join us on a Saturday. All right. Uh, ALB. I mean, I can't pay up for that. That would have been right in here would have been my entry point, and I just am not on it. Lithium stocks. I'm just, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, they're, they're trading vehicles to me. You know, Lithium of America. I know LAC is on the trading desk a lot. Armor Insiders like to talk about it. Lithium, uranium, it's not that you can't make money. Obviously, they, they can rip higher like this, but those are day trades to me. Those are not investments. That's just my own opinion. AMD looks great. I've got to write this down because i got to own some AMD. i, I got to own some. There's, there's the breakout. There's the pullback. It holds the 25-day, and it closes. I mean, yes, I should have owned it really Friday. I should have bought, bought it Friday. 
see, this is probably a gamma pin that was right in here. This yellow line is the armor moving average, right? And it, it, this would have been bought Friday right there. This is a day trading screen. Every, every bar is three minutes. That, that should have been bought right there on the breakout. Oops. So I'm going to write that down, see if I can catch it tomorrow, Monday. Comments regarding the hurricane and opportunities. This is, I'm so glad you brought this up. I never, ever make investments because of weather patterns, ever. Um, I, have a, I have a list. The Armor Report website has a list that I call um, the Armor uh, Investing Rules of the Road, okay? And on that list is a rule, okay? that I never buy Home Depot stock right in front of a, a, you know, a hurricane in Florida. Like, I just never do it. You could get a pop, you could get a day trade, but that's not really an investing reason. Why do you want to put money to work? You don't want to put money to work just because there could be um, – I'm talking about investing now. I'm not talking about trading. You could day trade something, maybe you get a couple days out of it. But what we're talking about here is putting real capital to work in an investment that can make us money over a long period of time. I might get stopped out of things. I might not hold things very long. But every time I put money to work, it's my hope, it's my goal, it's my ambition that I'm going to still hold that stock three years from now because it never stopped me out and it just skyrocketed. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. So I don't really put money to work because there's a weather pattern. You know, I know, I know of a guy who made a fortune on weather patterns and hurricanes. You know what he did? This guy's a multimillionaire, okay? He would take a lot of money, like ridiculous amount of money. And he would buy every, at the beginning of every hurricane season, he would buy dramatically out of the money call options on oil and gas for like 10 cents. Like, so he's going to lose it. It's like 10 cents. I'm talking about things that were so out of the money that it only cost 10 cents. He would put an obscene amount of money in it every year. And he would lose an obscene amount of money one, two, three, four years. He didn't care because he had it online, right? And then in year five, there would be a disruption and the price of energy would go berserk. And he would make an unbelievable amount of money, blowing away whatever the losses were for the last four or five years. <laughs> I just, I can't invest like that. I don't know how he did it, but he would do it every year. And then it was like a lottery ticket almost. And when you hit that lottery, it would make up for, it would, it would, totally dwarf the money he lost the prior four years, you know, but I just don't run money like that. LP, thank you. TSLA, it's on the, it's on my list. Um, I, I just, I tend to day trade it, but I really like that pattern. And I think if the market's going to melt up, you know, how does Tesla not get to a thousand? I just think it probably does. It's on my list. And I'll tell you what else is on my list. Amazon, you know, this thing gapped down because it allows the earnings, whatever stops at the 200-day, starts to march higher. Then they announce they're going to increase their prime, uh, how much it costs to, own, you know, to get prime, you know, and the whole stock will go through the roof. I mean, this is probably a no-brainer down here. Okay? Uh, I did a lot of research, a lot of work. We were talking with uh, Armor Insiders all day Friday in the Slack room about um, uh, uh, solar energy stocks, uh, Sabre. And... Um, at the end of the day, first of all, I don't like to touch any investment that has to rely on Chinese manufacturing 
because I just don't know what the Chinese are going to do next. They're blowing up one industry after another. And so this whole industry is, is you know, in a, in a dramatic way controlled by Chinese manufacturing, and that just makes me uncomfortable. My two favorite names in the space, whoops, what did I just, just type in, um, is ENPH, okay, and SEDG. Those are my two favorites. This is probably my favorite right here, SE Solar Edge. Right, but I'm not I'm not buying them. Hey, Jersey Devil, how you doing, man? R L G Y. Yeah, I love this story. It just doesn't set up for me. I love the fundamental story. Uh, are you more like a Scott Stevens kind of guy or a Ken Danico? Um I just, it's just not my, it's just not the, I can't find the entry that I like, but nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, I don't want to stop you from doing it if you have an interest, uh, but it's just not, not for me. Etsy, I'm all over that, Suresh. This is the top of our list. This is the top of our whiteboard to be owned on Monday, probably, right? In case you missed the discussion uh, a little bit earlier, I went over this in my opening remarks. The, the gamma situation is right here, okay? Um, 210, it's, it's been pinned to 210 with something in excess of 30% of the gamma rolling off the board on Friday, which means if we come in Monday and the key gamma strike is above 210, and we know that the key open interest, the largest open interest is at 230, that will suggest this is gonna roll higher. And so this is the right entry point I'll be all over that in the uh, um, in the uh, trading room on the live trading desk Monday morning. Thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. Don't forget. Yeah, Raymond, I, XLNX and, uh, and and AMD. Maybe you could just own both of them. You know, they both look great. ADA is going to six. <laughs> all right, brother. <laughs> Hey, I'm a proud owner of ABA. It's a big, big, you know, week for the uh, the Rosenthal family. I, I finally, for the first time ever, bought a cryptocurrency, and I bought ABA. So whoa, we'll see. I paid 250 for it. It's 280 something now. Woohoo! <laughs> it's just my first foray. I I really did it because I own Coinbase stock, and so I wanted to go through the process as an owner of Coinbase to see, you know, what the whole process is like. So. I really like the Coinbase stock, and I bought some shares of ADA. Um, it was a pretty cool, uh, easy experience. Yeah, tell right. Um, on my list of day trade, and if I can start making money day trading these guys again, uh, I might end up owning them at the end of the day. Could be a bottom showing up, but like I said earlier, it's just not. It's just not ready yet. These these Canadian Canadian stocks, the U.S. stocks, they're just not ready yet. And so I'm not investing there, but. If we get follow through on um, uh, on the small cap index, then, then maybe we'll get some movement there. QSI. Oh yeah. Oh, I got to write that down. I forgot about QSI. Thanks for that, Sean. That's an interesting idea. I know this is despacked and all that kind of stuff, and the whole spacking thing I can't stand it seems like I never know when a whole new tranche of stock is about to be dumped on the market. So there's just so much supply. 
I feel like the whole spacking story is just to steal money from uh, investors by insiders. Now, I could be wrong about that, okay? Don't let me stop you from SPACs. I'm just telling you the experience that I have. I, I don't like the whole spacking thing, and I think it was a big scam. All right? You heard it here first. I mean, I, I just can't stand them. And it's very hard to buy the stocks because they de-SPAC, and then three months later, there's another 100 million shares that get dumped on the market. And then three months later, there's another insider selling. I, it's just ridiculous. So there are some great ideas, some great companies that are inside here. And I don't know if it takes a year, you know, a, a year of trading to get rid of all the insiders that are taking advantage of in, investors and dumping all their stock or what. At some point coming out of that consolidation, there could be a great idea. And so QSI, I know, is one that I like. And so I don't disagree with you. And maybe that double bottom there is – this is what I mean, though. It looks like it's about to take off. Here, let me get this off the screen. It looks like it's about to take off. Then it gets crushed. It probably got crushed because there was a whole other tranche of stock that got dumped on the market. It's just ridiculous. I just, but here's my favorite that I'm so confounded by. I want to own Butterfly, and I think this is a huge story, okay? This is handheld MRI devices, okay? I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly, but it, it's a complete revolution uh, in, uh, um, I guess, radiology. Um, there's your double bottom. I want to buy this thing so bad. And yet, you know, they, every SPAC idea looks like this. They get crushed. They get suckered in. People get suckered in. Then they get crushed. Then all the insiders dump. You know, so I don't know. But that double bottom looks compelling. And, and the same thing looks compelling on, on uh, QSI. And i got to go back to QSI because I forgot about that. So what do we got? LD. Uh, oh, you agree with me on that. <laughs> um, super micro, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right on the fundamentals there on that. So it could be a good idea going forward. Ultrasound, thank you, is to it. Yeah, ultrasound. It's a complete renovation in ultrasound. This is a, this is a crazy good story, I think. I, I think this could be a huge stock once it gets through with all that. They do? Oh, I, I haven't done my homework. i got to do some more homework. Thanks for that, Raymond. So Butterfly and QSI. And we just have to try to get a handle on how do we know if we're finally done with all of the dumping of shares? That's the big question. Oh, uh, <laughs> excellent. How interesting is that? <laughs> DNA on a chip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that QSI story. I remember that. I forgot all about it. Yeah. Somewhere in here, these two stocks. I mean, look at those patterns too. They could; those could be double bottom patterns. I'll tell you what; we'll put them on the day trade list, and if we can get the right setup, maybe we can look for some gamma that'll tell us what's going on there. I think you mean Illumina, right? So we're out of Illumina for now. This gap down took us out of this position. We made money from here on a nice run. Took us out right here, using the 50-day moving average as our stop. So out of Illumina for now. Um, always come back into it. I'll always be back into it. I don't think any of these technologies is going to replace Illumina. You know, I think that there's a, there's, there's a room for all of these guys. And, of course, you know, may as well throw in PACB at the same time, Civic Biosciences. 
okay? And um, I'm going to end on that note, guys. Look, it's been lots of fun. I appreciate your time, as always, on a Saturday, um, sharing it with me and, and bringing all of our heads together so we know what to focus on Monday morning. Armor Insiders, I can't wait to see you guys at 8.30 for our morning meeting Monday. We'll go over what the gamma locations are on the indexes and what stocks we're looking to day trade and then what companies we're looking to invest in if we get the right opportunities, okay? So you guys have a great um, great weekend. Hopefully we'll all have a great week next week as the new risk on green signal really gets this market in gear again. Um, not the big indexes, but all the others. And uh, I'll see you guys. Um, I'll see you guys on Monday. Take care, everybody.